Welcome back, literary slummers, to a very merry episode of Shelf Aware, uh, the <laughs> podcast where we read books outside of our comfort zones. Way outside. I'm M. I'm depressed. Mm. <laughs> I'm Anna. This week on Shelf Aware, we mm-hmm. read the fourth book. I don't know the real name of the series. We call it the Christmas Shoes series. It's technically the Christmas Hope series, which is, I Isn't think, the name, the name of the, of the second the book. book? Oh, second, second or third, book? yeah. Okay. Um, so I don't know why they did that. They should have just called it the Christmas Shoes series, since it simply will not stop referencing characters from the Christmas Shoes no, book. No matter how like shoehorned in, it was Nathan will be there. <laughs> Nathan will be there for Nathan you. Nathan will be there no matter how far you run. When the snow starts to fall. Uh-huh. Um, uh, we read the fourth book, though. It's called The Christmas Promise by Donna Van Leer. And narrated by Donna Van Leer, if you got to enjoy the, the soothing sounds of the audiobook, as I did. Oh, no. I did not. I did not. There's a lot of accent work. Oh, a lot of accent boy. work. And based on the way that these books are written, I can't imagine it's flattering accent work. <laughs> there, I would say it's flattering. It's the same rules that I use for D&D or any uh-huh. TTRPGs, which is as long as you can't pin it down to a specific <laughs> you thing, can't say. it's fine. <laughs> so, like, there was a lot of that oh, where I was like, is this no. British? Is this Australian? I don't Who know. Can say? Who can say? It's something. We don't even really know where these books take place, just in this small town. Yeah, I get small town Christmas northeast vibes, probably, but yeah, further north than Kentucky. Mm. So definitely further further north than Georgia, because yeah, yes, yeah, they have to drive down to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so this is our fourth year doing this. <laughs> Um, have these books improved for you at all? <laughs> well, here's the thing. I don't know if it was because I was listening to it while, like, doing other stuff. Um, uh-huh. Maybe I just didn't focus enough on it to pick up, like, all of all of it. But uh-huh. I will say I think I can definitively say that this one is less sad than some of the other ones. Yeah, I think that's true. I don't think, like, anyone dies. In not the in the text yeah text like and in, in fact, the amongst one of them comes back to life kind yeah of. like amongst our cast of characters i was waiting for that like not even second act twist because we did get a second act twist but it was pretty early like compared yeah. to you know like there was mm-hmm. still plot after that but um i was waiting for like a f- third act twist epilogue twist or something in like for the narrator to have been dead the whole time but then i forgot like <laughs> donna van leer doesn't doesn't yeah, no. traffic with the supernatural so that couldn't have been it yeah no uh. absolutely not everything unless it is the uh the holy spirit the spirit yeah mm-hmm. the holy spirit then uh no she's not into it the the way her books end are always the most perfect vanilla mm-hmm. endings and when i say vanilla i really am referring to the color of the the, the, the flavor and honestly probably cream. the sexual acts as well and probably the like. sexual acts i mean just enough to to make the progeny right mm-hmm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, no sex is mentioned. No, absolutely at all not. These, these are these are so clean. The the most. I imagine, uh, you know, if you are a person who uh, enjoys inspirational fiction and you listen to this podcast, I imagine that Venn diagram is very not. It's two separate circles. But you know, yeah. if you if you are, 
uh, then maybe maybe you would enjoy these books this time of year. I really don't know who the audience for this is. I think it is just... I don't want to name names. But you Describe and I... Describe them with physical features that no one else on the podcast will know. Um, but a, a lot of people. Members. Yeah. I mean, it's a family <laughs> member. I'll give you that. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. I feel like that's the audience. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, just in terms of like older generations who like to think that the best way to help people is by helping them pull themselves up by their bootstraps and Mm -hmm. working at a local level which like absolutely grassroots organizations you know a plus but like not looking at like the systemic issues that cause Mm -hmm. the problems in the first place you know yeah um and who would be horrified by like actual serious drug usage uh, uh-huh. but they still want just to doing read enough to make themselves look good. You know? Yes. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's kind of uh, the vibe. I have so many questions about this small Christmas town, Christmas shoes town, mm-hmm. um, because they, they are small enough where everyone knows everybody almost. Every story is full of weird coincidences Coincidence, of yeah. people knowing each other, but large enough also that, they have like mm-hmm. they they have parts of town <laughs> that you would consider like run down or like you know where the other side of the train tracks and and where there are enough wealthy people that they can like donate appliances and cars and uh, you know have enough money to do all this other stuff like it seems like i don't know that's big town vibes in a small town i don't it's weird it's i don't understand this christmas shoesville i don't either um I mean, I feel like we are building out the town, right? Because we had yes. the mechanics. We uh-huh. had the lawyer. Those are both well-established. Yes. We yeah. have multiple... Wait, that wasn't the same lawyer, was it? Yeah, that was the same lawyer. Oh, fuck yeah. me. He's I been around lawyering. Him. He's that just always yeah, here. <laughs> the eternal lawyer. <laughs> eternal shoes. Um, <laughs> we have, I think, multiple department stores at this point because there was like the one that's the main focus because that was a department store right that he was working at yes uh-huh. um and then Gold i think cast. he used to work at another department store and i i'm not sure if the department store from this one is where the original shoes were begotten you know oh i can't yeah. remember i didn't and even I'm think of that certainly I'm not, not gonna look it up the shoe universe is I try not to dwell on it. <laughs> and then we've the got shoe-verse. the shoe universe. Um, we've got the hospital that Nathan works at, which I believe is not in like it's the next town over, right? Like they are too small to was. have a hospital. Yeah, so they have to go over. So what? Why? To, why to Nathan Town? <laughs> Number one, why do they have, um, like you said, rich people? Just so many people able to drop off cars like every third day, uh, and number two. If this town is so small and, you know, we're all about uh, just let the community handle it, why are there so many people who apparently are so life falling apart in need that they have to, like, have a random old woman whose job it is to take to take care of these folks? Yeah, I (laughs) the logistics logistics do not make sense. It just doesn't make sense. None of it makes sense. 
Mm-mm. Um, and I don't know if we've, if, if you haven't been a longtime listener of the podcast or have are, and you have simply forgotten, Nathan is the little boy of Christmas shoes lore who goes to buy these shoes for his mama, please. Mm. Yes. Um, and he, now he's adult doctor, pediatrician. And the lawyer is the one who laid the money down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's him. And he used to be an ass, but now he's nice. Now he's nice. Of and God. A good Christmas boy. Yeah. All it, all it took was for one woman to die of cancer. <laughs> now, here's the other thing, too. I noticed there's a lot of people, all, everyone who dies in these books is dies from cancer. I mean... Oh, I guess the boy in the last year got ran over by a car. There's yeah, that. yeah. And wasn't... and. That other girl that he was, I fo- fully forgot the plot of the third book until you said that boy got run over by a car. Because there was also <laughs> the girl, which did she have cancer with her organs or was that just general? I, some sort, either heart heart condition or yeah, cancer. Some sort of general child Vague illness. Vague enough that Donna would not have to go into specifics, mm-hmm. but also, you know, specific enough to be tragic. Yeah. I will say I noticed of our, our dear friend Donna um, apparently she's branched out a bit since we started this series. Okay, uh, we have to follow her. No, that's okay. Good. Because, <laughs> because, uh, she is also writing Christian, I think like dystopian fiction, sci-fi. Oh my God. Like, like uh, the fantasy. Left Behind series? Yeah, pretty much. That's what it seems oh like. My. I didn't get super into it. I just kind of saw it come up. But yeah, apparently those are fairly popular amongst the, uh, Christian reader crowd. Well, once so. we're done with Warrior Kids. <laughs> we'll get straight into that. Oh, no, man. no, that would totally harsh the vibes of this podcast <laughs> if we did that every other week. This is a once a year treat. <laughs> once a year special <laughs> gift from us to you. Uh, okay, so you kind of said already who you'd recommend this yeah. for if you like this, which, yeah. You, yeah. I mean, that's a cop out, but like. I mean. If you're listening to this podcast, you're not doing it to find an interesting inspirational read to add to your TBRs. Right. I feel like there are... Shopping for granny. (laughs) I feel like there are many books that we read and can recommend and say like, oh, if this is your jam, check this one out. Like, you know, I fully... uh, I'm sure there's some listeners of our podcast who like mafia romance i'm oh even, yeah absolutely you know, that is that is a venn diagram that looks like a venn diagram right i'm sure that there's like some readers of our podcast who like cyberpunk right like most Ugh. of the other i, I don't know Maybe. what they're doing i don't know i don't know, I don't know anyone possibly personally. love cyberpunk <laughs> this is a jab at a specific friend of ours <laughs> um oh i feel like it could apply to a few <laughs> absolutely it could yep Please but like yours. yeah i don't know i feel like not trying to say that one is better than the other, but I feel like in the media landscape, ours is in a completely different area than this podcast is is not going to be super appealing to people who also like Donovan Lear's work. And think, also our yeah, work is better than hers. <laughs> I feel we are in direct opposition to yeah. Donovan Lear. Do, do, let's just let's just throw that down. I think uh, she's my enemy. <laughs> she's my nemesis for legal reasons no she we don't know her we don't know her never know her probably a lovely person maybe maybe (laughs) probably a little judgmental yeah you know the vibes um big vibes (laughs) it's just you know that's it really our vibes our vibes are not aligned correct yep and you know what that's mm, i was gonna say that's okay but it is kind of also a bummer (laughs) 
Uh, okay, well, things that aren't a bummer. Have things you been reading anything good recently? I read at the uh, suggestion of uh, fellow literary slummer Hannah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I wanted to hear about this one. Yes. The first book in an urban uh, paranormal fantasy uh, series called uh, Moon Called by Patricia Briggs. It's the first oh. book in the Mercy Thompson series. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel I didn't think they were going to be relevant at all uh, to each other. This and this and uh, the Christmas promise. But there is kind of like an emphasis on religion in Moon Called simply mm-hmm. because like vampires are real and, you know, kind of in the way that Anita Blake is a little bit religious. So yeah. is the main character of this book, because like the religion serves a purpose other than just like belief. Right. Um. But yeah, it was good. I mean, it's it's a little bit dated. It came out in 2006, but I didn't see any like huge glaring issues mm-hmm. um, with it. And I thought it was really fun. Um, they just they just introduced a ton of different like paranormal and fey creatures. And um, the main character was the, you know, the appropriate amount of uh, kick ass woman in an urban fantasy role, you know. I enjoyed it. It has been a long time since I have read uh, this genre yeah. of book, and I had forgotten why I do enjoy them so much. So I uh, actually read that series up to when whatever was published at the time, like five or so years ago, I think. Uh huh. Um, yeah. And I really liked it at the time, so I, I'm glad to hear it holds up. Because yeah, I thought so. Um, maybe I should dip back into that. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a hot uh, do do a re reread with. Mm. Me and Hannah. It's a read for me, a reread for Hannah, but also a reread for you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't – I mean, she's a, she, this This is a, a woman who can turn into a coyote. She's what they call, like, a skinwalker, I think. Uh, and uh, she's friends with werewolves, and there's werewolf problems. And yeah. I assume the other paranormal types will also get involved. But that yeah, is it's, 100% it's a good s- summary of that series from what I remember. Yeah, yeah there are werewolf problems and there will probably werewolf be werewolf problems. sex soon. <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> yeah, what about you? What have you been reading? Um, I also read a book that weirdly kind of tied into this one in a way that I mm-hmm. wasn't expecting. Um, ah. It's one that's been on my TBR for a while. It's uh, Delilah Green Doesn't Care by... Oh my gosh, I want to read that. Mm-hmm. It was cute. I liked it. Oh, um, good. By Ashley Herring Blake. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a rom-com sort of vibe, family drama. But the thing that was interesting was that it is also about a uh, main, well, not, yeah, main character who leaves town at the age of 18 and like doesn't have contact with their family and then is coming back to town right which spoiler mm. is also what this book is about unbeknownst to anyone involved um but yeah it's it's uh i was really worried at first because uh the one of the main characters is obviously delilah green and it starts with her she getting doesn't care she doesn't care it starts with her getting a call from her estranged stepsister being like oh my gosh, Delilah, are you coming to my wedding or not? Like, you know that that's coming up. And Delilah's like, I haven't been back there in years, blah, 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 whatever. And they specifically mention that the sister is bi. And I was like, oh God, don't let this be a step-sibling romance. I have not the heart for it today. Um, But that's not what it was. It was the stepsister's, like, one of her best friends was the other love interest. Okay. Um, This was very cute. Had a lot of, like, family drama and things like that. But also... A solid romance to to spin it all around. Very fun. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot about that one since it was published. Yeah, I think it's got a sequel either out or coming out. So I I want to look into that one too. Romance authors, they write so fast. Well, I think it might have been 
it's been out for a little bit. I feel like it's mm-hmm. been almost a year at least, maybe even two years. Not sure. Not going to look it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I you know, there's been a lot of buzz about it, I feel like, and mm-hmm. I think it's well-deserved. Absolutely. Well, how fun. Um, we both read good books to, uh, you Offset know, drown out this, this book. one. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about it. I didn't let's... take notes because I didn't want to dwell on this longer <laughs> than I had to. Um, but I think we'll, I think we can get it all here. It's a 159 page book. Uh, the ebook was shorter than what was listed Weird. online. I know I was panicking cause it was like over 200 pages slightly. Um, but no, it was, it was short. My experience was, I think it was set to be four hours, mm. but I just listened to it real fast. Yeah. That's so. what you got to do. And these kind of books, it doesn't matter if you put every word into your brain. I gave it. A little while at normal speed to fully take in the accent work but then i did speed it up because i Absolutely. didn't care <laughs> now you got to get in on that warrior cat audiobook action those are never speaking of accent work <laughs> firestar <laughs> jeez all right this book this Let's do it. It's called The Christmas Promise. So we have two. So the way these books work is they often have two very different storylines. So you think, but then you start to see how the two relate to each other. And then at the end of the book, they fully come together and you're like, oh, it was like the same story kind of because, you know, they were just they, they were working towards each other. So in this book, we have our two different storylines. We have Gloria Bailey who is a widower in her, she just turned, no, she's a widow, sorry. She's a <laughs> widow who just turned 60. Uh, and she does a lot of work in the local community with like, uh, you know, getting getting food and clothing and anything that someone could need if they've fallen on hard times. Um, she does this mostly because she, um, her, she and her husband would often try to outdo each other in the donation department at Christmas. Like, that was their gift to each other, which, you know, like, I don't know if this should be a competition, but okay, <laughs> whatever. I mean, it is very <laughs> clear that everything in regards to her charity work is 100% based on making herself feel good as yeah, the book goes yeah. on. She's like, I am doing this specifically. For mm-hmm. X, Y, Z reason, that is very much about me, 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 but I'm pretending, like, you're supposed to read me as charitable. Yeah. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Hated that. Also, I do <laughs> want to take this uh, uh, moment to bring up, do you recall, did the most Gloria... reindeer mm-hmm, of all. Yeah. Did Gloria have a job prior to doing this? No, man, okay. no way. So she again, four kids. We have this instance <laughs> of good womanhood being... Uh, you take care of the community and you take uh-huh. care of your kids and you don't get paid. And I'm just, yeah. I just want to note it here at the top because this Absolutely. is a, a trend in these books. And I would like to ask Donna, Donna, if Donna. you're saying good women, all they stay do is home. stay at home and work and work for others and sacrifice mm-hmm. and give them themselves, but don't get paid. How much you making off these books, Donna? Let, how much you yeah, making off the audiobook? Know. What's what's up? Yeah. What's Every up? time they play Christmas shoes on the radio, yeah. how much you get paid? Show me the tax returns. Come on. <laughs> I dare you. <laughs> I, I was so concerned in this entire book about how Gloria was living, earning money, because like her husband died seven years previous to this. Mm-hmm. And if we're assuming uh, that Gloria had never worked other than, than putting together her, her charity operation, like... 
what was what did Walt do that she can still live very comfortably where she can give away most of her money to other people in need? And how is she, like, did he just invest it all very wisely? I don't understand. Also take into account that he probably, whatever he did, was probably retired 13 years or so before her mm-hmm. before his death because as we find out later oh my god they met when she was or not, i guess not 13 it would be uh like 10 years or so yeah. um they met when she was 18 and he was 30 35 35 there you yep. go yep Yep, yep, so yep, yep. I literally that so was so much more interesting than anyone else that lived in my small Georgia town. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I that was the only time that I rewound something in this book because I just had to make sure I had caught the 18 correctly. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> so yes, um Gloria's husband Walt has passed away 7 years ago from cancer. Um, very sad. It was a very, like, they got the diagnosis and he passed away very soon after that. She also talks about, she is the, she is the mother of four children and she also lost her youngest son in a, like, two-week time period. Uh, she and her son. No, sorry. Her son and her husband. There you go. She lost them both. <laughs> very vague there. She lost her son. Um, and she lives next door to this woman named Miriam, who is also a widow she is described very disparagingly by um, Gloria as a woman who tries too hard to hide her age. And she's very mean and snobby as a former actress who was married to a college professor. And uh, Miriam just absolutely hates everything that Gloria does for charity because it, quote unquote, makes her yard look like a uh, junkyard which like she had a refrigerator in her driveway for all of like three hours <laughs> one time. I don't know. I don't know. Something, something property values. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Miriam is that woman that is like the head of the HOA and mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. very aggravating. I also will say that because when we're introduced to Miriam, uh, Gloria's like, I'm pretty sure her accent is fake. I was like, Oh, this is good accent work then because I can clearly tell that this is a fake British accent. But then later <laughs> she says that to Miriam and Miriam's like, no, nah, this is my real accent. And I'm like, oh, troubling, troubling. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, so fun. <laughs> our second our second story, the main character is Chaz. <laughs> the reason he has come to this town is because he was working at a sales as a sales associate at another department store, big box store of some kind. A the owner of the department store in Shoeville saw him basically narc on a the a mother there at the store with her child who was like shoplifting to survive probably. Well, but he didn't narc, he just told, he her, told her to like that he yeah. knew. Like he didn't even say like He narked to her. He narked to <laughs> her, her so then she got and panicked and put and the left. stuff back and ran away. And I'm and, like that's not okay. I just just let her leave with it, man. Or not even just let her leave, but that's unrealistic to be like if if you get caught shoplifting. Yeah. He said something like you forgot your the matching belt or something. Yeah, yeah. She was like, if you get caught shoplifting, your first response is not going to be to take the thing out of your bag and run. It's going to be, be either like, to run about? or to lie or to you know start trying to be like 
oh you cool <laughs> yeah you know yeah like it's not gonna yeah. be like let me put this back and then sprint out of the and store and then leave yeah let me look as guilty as possible right like, she hasn't done anything yet. She could still say, I'm going to go pay for this yeah. and leave me alone. That's why you're not supposed to accuse people of shoplifting while they're still in the store. Like, come on. Basic. So, the owner of, of Shoeville Department Store, his name is Wilson, I think, or something. I think it's like Wilson's Department Store. Yeah, it's He's something like, with a W. I like the way you handled that. Do you want to come work for me as security? It'll pay more than you're getting paid here. So he basically got headhunted. Headhunted by the owner of a department store. Uh, <laughs> now, if this was a Christmas rom-com, this man would turn out to be Santa. Mr. Wilson? Yeah. I for sure thought it was going to be the guy named, like, Fred Clausen. And I was like, Claus, or something like that. It's, like, something that's, like, this could be Santa Claus. This could be a Santa. This, this could, could be, be a Santa in disguise. <laughs> but we all know the reason for the season is Jesus. So of course. We can't acknowledge. There's no Santa. <laughs> we can't acknowledge that jolly old imposter. Ugh. So Chaz goes to work at this department store, and he's kind of, like, he is the type of person who doesn't put down roots anywhere. He is a high-functioning alcoholic uh, who he says the only the only way he feels alive is if he's drinking cheap beer and he's popping Xanax every morning just to make it through the day. Um, and he is – he just he, – he rents an apartment. He gets the furniture out of the trash and, like, sits on – milk crates instead of chairs like he is basically i'm gonna get a few paychecks here and make enough money to move on to the next town he doesn't stay anywhere for very long he has no friends he uh tells everyone his parents are dead um and he doesn't want to get close to people he doesn't want to uh have any relationships because he doesn't feel like he deserves it essentially it's just kind of a sad sack this old chaz old chaz (laughs) So <laughs> complications arise for Gloria because Miriam goes on vacation for five days to go see her daughter in elsewhere town. And um, she comes back and her toilet was running for the entire five days that she was gone. And so her whole house is destroyed. There's water, water damage everywhere. Uh, and she can't get a hotel because every hotel is booked for a craft fair i don't know man i i <laughs> it's fine <laughs> i'm just like yeah, what is this town what is it's one of those little porcelain christmas villages everybody yes. in this town has been is... as a porcelain christmas person cursed with sentience <laughs> the hotel has four rooms <laughs> they're all booked up for the craft fair um <laughs> So she has nowhere to stay and she's real sad about it. And Gloria, who doesn't like this woman, this woman doesn't like her, says, you can stay with me, Miriam. It'll be fine. Go stay with your daughter. Go stay. Go. Yeah. Go back to wherever go your back. daughter was. IDK. I don't know. So she does. They move in together uh, and it's bad. They they're both very rude to each other. Um, it's kind of. The book kind of works to make you think like, oh, Gloria is like correct in telling Miriam to like shut up and go to her room like <laughs> as if she were a child. And and like, yes, Miriam is very taxing uh, and is always making comments about like, hey, uh, 
you're dirty. I hate the and the poor people you help. I hate the fact that you help poor people. I feel just erase them all from my mind. I don't want to know about poors. Ugh. Um, disgusting. But you can't say just Gloria go get Bailey. Money. <laughs> Gloria has a particular person that she helps named oh I can't remember. So to see Carla. May- yeah, Carla. Yeah. Uh, she has a particular girl that she that she helps named Carla, who is a woman in her early 20s. Um, she has a five-year-old son named Donovan. And uh, Carla's problem is that she is, A, hounded by an abusive ex, and B, is like, not able to hold down a job because of the ex, I think, is the implication there. Um, and, uh, so she has no money to like pay her bills or feed her kid or what have you. So Gloria helps her out quite a bit. Like she gets, she gets money to help pay for Carla's electricity bill. And she's like, Carla, um, is your, has your ex been around? And Carla's like, no, but Gloria's like, I could tell she was lying. Um, and basically is like, if he, if your ex comes back, you need to call the police. But Carla doesn't want to call the police because she thinks then that the, uh, DFS will come and take um, Donovan away, the Department of Family Services, I think. Um, mm-hmm. So there's there's this complication that Gloria just cannot, she cannot understand. She has lived a blessed life, doesn't understand why someone, a person of color, would not would want not want to go to the police. This is also a very um, not saying that sometimes when abuse victims call the police that they are like if if her concern was she would be ignored or whatever i would be like yeah 100 percent. but her concern is because i am being abused they will take my children away and i'm like there the, there's a lot of steps there that i don't follow the logic and i feel like this is a very evangelical thing mm-hmm. of like not wanting specifically uh, like social service workers involved in their family life because mm-hmm. they will always remove the kids. And yes, a hundred percent, there are issues with social services. Yeah. Um, and the way that they handle uh, uh, removing children from their families without necessarily uh, uh, following through, following or through, or giving sure there's a good cause. Yeah. No, instead of offering like help to be punitive, right? Yes. Yeah. Um. But that being said, I also I feel like this specific fear is coming from like that sort of background of like mm-hmm. we don't trust the government um, to help take care of our kids because we're we're the only ones who should take care of our kids like sort of thing. And like mm. being afraid of the government's involvement with your kids because they're just going to take them away. Right. And I'm like, I don't think unless she has had this happen before, which it's not said that she has, that she has like the the leap of if i call the police they will take my child away is not like like i said it it happens certainly mm-hmm. but she's like so certain it will happen that i'm like i don't know this this feels like it's coming from a very fundy perspective like that sort of yeah uh, anti anti government, um, which you know, or even like a little bit of judgment, like maybe she should have her kids taken away because of the situation mm. that she can't help herself. You know, like 
I don't she, get that as much just mm. because, again, I think that this is this might be me trying to hypothesize too much about Donna. Um, but I think this is coming from like a very. We know her so well after four We books. do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is coming from a place of, of very much like the mom's job is to take care of the kid and the man's job is to provide money. And if the mom, if anything happens with the kid, whether it's the man or the mom, the mom is a bad mom, right? Mm. Um, like that mm-hmm. sort of attitude of like, well, you let him father a child with you. What did you really expect? Yeah. Of course, of course, you know this is what would happen, sort of thing. Um, Should have given you an intelligence exam before you had your yeah, child. Yeah, that sort eugenics. of vibe. Eugenics. We got. We got there. <laughs> half an hour into the podcast and it's just removed enough to be like no that's not what i'm saying but it's like dog whistly right yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) but it's okay because gloria gets carla this job in the janitorial department at the department store where chaz works now she gloria and chaz have not interacted yet um, but their stories are starting to weave together. We can see how masterfully Donna has that crafted weaves this novel. the threads of she, these characters' of, fate. Of fate. On the tapestry <laughs> of shoes. She is a Norn. Uh, so um, Carla begins to work at the department store. Chaz is having some problems. He's chazzing it up. Yeah. Um, his biggest problem, or his most immediate problem, uh, is that they uh, had to fingerprint him for the job. And uh, he realizes, and we as the readers don't know the reason why, but he realizes after submitting to the fingerprinting and putting in his social that that was a bad idea for Chaz to have done. And so he devises this plot to flirt with or try to use his sexual prowess to win over the women in the mail department so that they will give him a piece of mail addressed to someone in HR so that he can open it first and essentially just throw away the background check because he doesn't want people to know something about him. Mm. What could it be? What could it be? Suspicious. Uh, He also has these interactions with an unhoused individual named Mike, who he keeps running into um, outside of the department store. In the first scene we meet him, he has to kick Mike out of the department store entryway. Um, Yeah. Um, And uh, we get constant references to him throughout this book when we're in Chaz's point of view, literally in the text saying that Mike... Mike only serves to remind Chaz how cold it would be to sleep outside. I'm like, "Mm. Mm." this is what I'm saying. Not good vibes. This whole fucking viewpoint is it's this over and over again. Right. It's the shoes. It's the Uh this happened. So I could I could like Christmas again. He's cold and suffering so that I could be happy for being warm it's it's this because this is the question that comes up right when you're talking about religious religious religion uh-huh. and um <laughs> like proving or disproving the existence of god like if he is a a omniscient omnipotent and benevolent god why is there suffering right either mm-hmm. he is not benevolent and he allows suffering to happen or he's 
uh, not omniscient so he can't see the suffering or he's not omnipotent so he can't fix the suffering, right? And a thing that a lot of Christians, specifically Christians, will come back with is, oh, um, well, he allows suffering to happen. Either it's he allows suffering to happen because it's Lucifer, it's Satan, it's whatever. Um, and it's like, well, that doesn't make sense because God created Satan in this in this thought process, right? Mm-hmm. But then also, um, uh, one of the other big, like, explanations of this is that God allows suffering to happen so that we can understand life better so that we can we can appreciate it better and that's fucking bullshit like especially in this sort of way that she is setting it up like it is bad enough to be like you had to suffer so that you could uh come to a fuller relationship with God like that's in my opinion fucked up but it's yes. even more fucked up to be like that rando over there had to suffer so you could appreciate your life. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. Fuck you. What yeah. about this rando? Yeah. What How about does... the random? Why doesn't he get to deserve a good life? Right. And then like, what? What is? What's his deal? Is there like a, a even worse off person down the next street that he's like, mm, at least I'm not like that. Thanks God. You know, mm-hmm. like, and then it just keeps going and going and going. It's a little old lady who f- swallowed the fly situation, but with with bullshit and and. Trauma. Yeah, with unfortunate like, circumstances. It's just, like, Mike was unhoused, but hey, at least he's not the teenage sex worker who's pregnant again. Right. And I have to go right. get another Martian. It's just awful. It's awful, and I don't understand. It's exhausting. It's I exhausting to be in this headspace for a whole yes. book. Yes. Like, it's like... If if you pick it apart, and this is the problem, we just can't sit yeah. with stuff. We're too into picking stuff apart. Yeah, that's like the whole premise of the podcast, right? But if you pick <laughs> it apart, even the tiniest bit, it com- this worldview falls completely apart, and it's just fucking tragic. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> Chaz, great guy though, great guy. <laughs> Looks at Mike and feels sad for for Mike, but not in a way that does anything for Mike. Um. He does, he does talk to him a couple of times and Mike kind of reveals that, oh, um, you know, I just, I left my family. Um, they all live somewhere and, you know, now that I've done that, I'm a little bit, I'm too embarrassed to go back to them. It's been probably six or seven years and a reader reading this and remembering the fact that Gloria lost her, her, lost her son seven years ago would think, aha, I found the son. Uh Aha. But it's a red herring, friends. (gasps) (laughs) <laughs> what literary prowess i know this a master of her craft right here uh, <laughs> but carla starts working at the department store she works nights Chaz has also volunteered to work nights uh because he doesn't like people so he doesn't want to be around when mostly people are around um so they're working nights and Carla shows up and one night she's just like vacuuming and Chaz is watching her on the cameras and then he sees a kid like kind of darting in and out of the clothing racks as kids are wont to do anywhere where they sell clothes like that. And um, he goes down there to yell at her and be like, why the fuck is this kid here? And Carla's like, I, you know, there's no one. I didn't have anyone that could watch him. He, he's a good kid. He's not going to get in your way. He's not going to like break anything. And he's like, well, if you, if you keep bringing this kid here to work with you and like, this is totally fucking unnecessary. If you're if you keep bringing this kid into work, I'm gonna get you fired. 
Um, Dude, this isn't your company. The mall is closed. Who cares if there's a kid in here while she's vacuuming? Who cares if there... Even if this kid was actively... He's such a fucking narc. It's like... I hate Chas. (laughs) Even if this kid was actively stealing shit, who cares? It's not your shit. Who cares? Why are you you sweating it this much? You're not Mr. Wilson of fame. (laughs) But... Chaz cares about this company so much that he's it's willing to get another company man, fired. Even her... though he wants to leave. It's like, it's a totally normal thing sometimes that parents have to bring their kids to work, right? Yes. Like, I'm not the only one that had to go to work with a parent once or twice. Yeah, no. I mean, I didn't, but... <laughs> presuming presuming your, your, your parent works in an environment that is conducive to kids just sitting right. around watching. Right. Like, no, I mean, like, I definitely remember, like, teachers and stuff having, uh, like, yeah. occasionally brought, or, like, a professors even. I remember yeah. several professors brought their kids to, like, a class or two because, you know, they didn't have a sitter or whatever. Like, yeah, just pop them in your office if you have an yeah. office or, like, put a chair next to your desk, whatever. This is, whatever. Chaz, this is such a non-issue. But he um, he starts to, like, get to know the kid. He offers to, like, go and entertain the kid and take the kid to get something to eat um, because he notices that the kid is hungry and thirsty and still awake in the middle. It's, like, midnight. And he's like, why is this kid even awake? You're a fucking awful mom. Your kid is hungry. I'm going to go give him a cupcake and make him go to sleep. You know, in my, perfect. In my office. Perfect yeah, like- for sleeping children who are malnourished. <laughs> so... So Chaz, um, he kind of takes care of Donovan. Donovan is typical precocious five-year-old, wins wins Chaz over. Uh, Chaz, the the 20-something who swore off any sort of relationship, becomes friends with with a five-year-old. And through the five-year-old, he starts to become friends with Carla, and they kind of reach an understanding of where Chaz, Chaz will take care of Donovan while she's working, uh, and he feeds the kid, and he makes sure he goes to bed, and... Uh, and, and he, he gets plays called games an with him. ableist slur by the kid as a fun nickname. Yeah, which, that was great. Yeah, yeah just, if you replace the ch with an sp, there you go. Yeah, that was that's his, his fun, funny nickname nicknames. for Chaz. So great, so good. I love it. I love it. So back to Gloria. She's wa- driving around late at night, and she sees this young pregnant girl walking, and she's like, "Hey, where are you going?" And the girl's like, I just got evicted, couldn't pay my rent, I have nowhere to go, and I'm eight months pregnant. Gloria's like, come move in with me. So the girl does. Both of these things are wild to me. Like, one, offering, like, someone to become your roommate that you see just walking around. And two, Mm -hmm. for a very vulnerable pregnant woman to be like, yes, I will get into the car of a stranger in the middle of the night and go to a second location with them. Yeah, I would also throw in to to this uh, things that – people shouldn't do in the real world uh if you work at a place letting your child go like and you have to bring your kid into work letting the child go hang out with a coworker that you hate um and know nothing about also yeah, sketch absolutely like, not probably no. shouldn't do that for a lot of reasons a lot of reasons just because he's got a badge doesn't mean he's a nice person mm-hmm. in this instance it worked out because of course it did because but... everyone's secretly a nice person who's just trying their best and these things ca- keep happening. It's just because they've, they've lost their way. They need to rejoin right. the flock. It's not a mm-hmm. systemic issue that we would want to address, certainly. No, no, no. no. It's a religious one. It's religious. Belief. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so she brings this girl home. The girl's name is Erin. She is estranged from her mother. 
because uh, they got into an argument and they haven't talked for several months. She has no one else that she knows in town because she moved here because her BFF lived here. And then her BFF was like, I'm going to go live with my boyfriend in Colorado, peace, and left her with to, to pay the full rent of the apartment and she couldn't afford it. Yada, yada, yada. <clears throat> Miriam is beside herself that they have another roommate. Miriam's like, I barely have enough room as it is in these cramped quarters. And Gloria literally just goes, talk to the hand. Well, first she has a whole like thing about, uh, I I think this might've been earlier too. She has a whole thing with Donovan about like my grandson, I'm doing this accent because this was the accent that was in the, in the audio. My My grandson, Oh, showed me this fun thing. When I say something he doesn't like, he goes, Grandma, talk to the hand. So that's what we're going to do, Donovan. We're just going to tell Miriam, talk to the hand. So not only is she being rude to this person who is her age, uh-huh. um, but also she is teaching someone else to be rude to her. Like, Yes. I don't Gloria like Miriam. Not a nice person. She's not. She's just... I, like, the way it's read in the audiobook, it's like she always has kind of a teasing tone. So I think that's how it's supposed to come across. Is she's just, you know, so funny and so fun to be around. No. But I'm like, no, she's rude. She's rude. She doesn't know rude. this other woman basically at all because she has her preconceived notions and judgments about her. And some of those might be right. But, like, she hasn't made any attempt really to, to get to know her. And she's just like, well... She seems snooty, so that means that I can be a bitch to her. Because mm-hmm. it's like you can't you can't mm-hmm. hide behind the veneer of oh I'm I'm just a jokester I just joke around with my friends if she's not your friend. You don't know her well enough to be that negative to her. Yes, exactly. Sorry, Only my best friends can tell me talk to the hand. <laughs> Only my best five year old friend. Only my, my. Also, when was this book written? Because I don't think a child when this book was written because it's certainly after 1996 is telling anybody to talk to the hand i mean i went through a talk to the hand oh lord like i remember learning that you know like being like aha that's a funny joke from like tv or something i'm gonna see when this book was written yeah i'm gonna look up when talk to the hand became a thing talk to the hand because the face ain't listening it's time for Googling facts. It's our favorite segment. This book was published in 2007. Talk to the Hand was definitely not a thing in 2007. The origin of Talk to the Hand. Uh, it to me is in the same the same category as loser. And when would you say plate. Talk to the Hand was? I said like 1995, 1996. Wow. It was formally repor- reported from as early as 1995. Damn, I'm good. Wow. Amazing. I'm ancient. <laughs> I would have, I, if, if my grandparents would say, I learned something from my granddaughter, talk to the hand. Mm-hmm. I don't think Gloria would, I don't think, I don't know what they were saying in 2007 slash 2006. Um, the things I were saying were probably a lot ruder because I was in high school at the time. Well, let's see. It looks like in 2001, there was a, single from a british r&b group titled talk to the hand and then in 2018 a norwegian pop singer also did a song called talk to the hand um and then i mean terminator 3 was 2003 and that featured talk to the hand uh was it cool i don't know i'm just saying terminator 3 (laughs) uh i'm just saying that maybe uh you know 
I think Donna thinks Terminator 3 is cool. 2007 to me is big shut the front door vibes. Mm, yeah, I can I, see that. But I feel I, like shut the front door doesn't work as, like, because talk to the hand is shut up, right? Yes. And shut the front shut door, the front door is, is more like, like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know what kids write in to us. If you have a distinct memory of what you said in the year 2006 or 2007 in order to get people to stop talking to you as an obnoxious child. Yes. There's a lot of caveats there. I'm sorry. (laughs) The, the ones who get it will get it. (laughs) (laughs) And the ones who don't, 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 they get in, in, no, no, Um, so where was I in this? I don't know. Um, oh yeah. Okay. So Aaron moves in, um, Miriam and Gloria eventually do have a little heart to heart. They both wake up in the middle of the night. Uh, um, Gloria, because it's like, she wakes up at this, she wakes up at this hour, this minute every year. Cause it's like the minute that Walt passed away, her husband passed away of, um, of the cancer all those years ago, she wakes up at the same exact time every year. And so she's up like, just like reading her missing child's diary, because here's the thing. Her youngest son, Matthew, she lost him, but he didn't die. And she, she tells all this to Miriam who the two of them gain a better appreciation for each other and become friends after this. But she says to Miriam that my youngest son, Matthew ran away from home two weeks before his dad passed because he couldn't take the stress of what was happening. Uh, and then he just never came back. He dropped out of high school. He just, we don't know. We don't know what the deal is with him. I leave the porch light on every night for him. And just in case he decides to come home, but she has like, she used to live in Georgia and now she lives in Shoeville. She is a little bit worried that Matthew won't know how to find her, but you know, whatever she's, what can you do? It's been seven years. Um, she just keeps hoping. And she says that she promised her husband, like her Every year they used to do the little charity competition and they would put an envelope in the tree that said like, this is what I did with our money this year to make ourselves look good and feel better. What did you do? But the last Christmas, she the envelope she put in the tree was that she would never stop looking for Matthew. Um, and she puts that tr- card in the envelope in the tree every year um, to mark that occasion. And she's just like, I'm, you know, I'm never going to give up looking for Matthew because I promised Walt. And Miriam's like, wow, I had no idea that you were a person with depth. I thought you were just a bitch. And <laughs> and uh, she, ta- she talks a little bit about her late husband and yada, yada, yada. And Gloria's like, wow, I'm glad we are both over this. Now we can become friends, though we will still be funny and sassy old ladies. But 60 isn't old. They have like a whole like girl power moment over it. Like, we will never go to an early bird special because we are not old. Whatever. Um, so cool. They are friends now. Uh, Miriam starts to become friends with Aaron as well. They just, they form this cute little roommate situation. Um, and then Mike, the unhoused individual that hangs out at this, at the, at the mall gets hit by a car and no one knows what happened. He gets sent to the hospital. Chaz tries to like track him down, but no one will give him any information because he's not related to this person at all. And then he's like really upset about this. He has to call off work. Um, and he, he lies to his supervisor. He's like, I'm really sick, man. And the guy's like, okay, well, we'll get someone to cover for you tonight. And Chaz is, Chaz remembers, oh no, Carla and Donovan are coming in. I need to be there for Donovan to watch Donovan. And, um, 
Chaz is like, no, no, I'll be there at nine. Don't worry about me. Uh, so he goes into work that night. Carla is there, but Donovan is not. Um, he asks, where's, where's Donovan? And she's like, oh, he's not feeling well. I just left him at home. Like he has another babysitter. It's fine. And Chaz is bummed out because at this point he's like gotten used to Donovan being there. You know, it's been a week. So they're best friends. <laughs> Chaz, Chaz, this is the only person Chaz talks to. He's really bummed out that Donovan wasn't there. He missed out on a sick day, <laughs> whatever. Uh, so what, what Chaz doesn't know is that Carla has taken Donovan to stay with Miss Glory, Gloria Bailey, um, for the evening because her abusive ex has returned and her only concern is making sure Donovan isn't there at the same time as the ex so that Donovan doesn't get abused. She, she takes it all on herself and Ms. Uh, Gloria asks her like, is your ex back? And Carla's like, no. And, but Gloria internally says, I knew she was lying, but you see it all the time with abused women. They just like something about how they just can't tell the truth about when they're being abused. Whatever. I'm so confused. <laughs> Maybe it's because I didn't listen as well as I should have. I'm so confused because Carla's ending, skipping ahead, is that like she moves and it's fine, right? Yes. Uh-huh. How? So. How? Nothing has changed. She, she moves in. Or she gets a roommate for a little while. I think they stay with, I think they stay with Gloria because Aaron moves out. Okay, but. I can't remember if, though. If you have a situation in which you have an abusive ex who oh, is Oh right, I see what you're saying now. Yeah. So so scary and like tracks you down in order to abuse you, which also wild and not usually how abuse works. Usually when they come back they're like, "Oh, everything's going to be fine. Bomb. I'm going to Yeah, love bomb." Um mm. but whatever. Uh how is a 60 year old woman going to assist you with this issue? I don't know. I don't they understand. Need to get somebody involved. I fully thought that the resolution to at least the Carla of it all was that she and Chaz were going to end up together because he's this like. This is my biggest problem with the book. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Because he's like BFFs with the kid. Yep. Yeah, it was very. He learns how to. Uh, uh, he know he learns how to relate to people again by becoming friends with Donovan and therefore becoming friends with Carla. We have all of this like characterization of the two of them getting to know each other. Like they, it, it's a classic enemies to lovers inspirational romance situation, right? It's almost literally the plot of Delilah Green doesn't care because the mm. love interest also has a child in that. I was like, wow, the parallels, oh, the parallels, wild. <laughs> um, but Chaz does not end up with Carla romantically at the end of the book. He ends up with the blonde Miriam. hair, blue eyed white woman mm. who has like four lines of dialogue in this book. And they spend no time on page together. The chemistry we, is forced in. We see them a couple times when they're like going around town. They catch each other's eye and whatever. Yes. They notice a beautiful woman and or attractive man yeah in the distance so it's like oh okay i guess okay good yeah you're going for the one you think is hot and not the mm -hmm. one that you talk to and are friends with and basically share a son with at this point i yeah. mean maybe you're just not ready for for being a father oh no wait oh, that one wait, has a kid too a baby oh dang mm -hmm. guess that's not it guess you're just racist <laughs> would it shock you to learn that Donna Van Leer has three adopted children from other countries. No, not no, at all. Not even no. a little bit. Nope. <laughs> uh, 
barf. barf. That actually really distresses me. Oh, my God. <sighs> Donna. So, Donna, Donna, Donna. I know. So the next night at work, uh, Carla shows up again and uh, Donovan is once again not with her. And and Chaz is like, Carla, you're looking pretty rough. What's up? Where's Donovan? And uh, we know Carla is looking a little bit uh, worse for the wear because her, her ex is in town. But she just tells Chaz, I have the flu. So I sent Donovan to stay with Miss Glory for a few days. Um, and Chaz is like, okay, that's, that's fine. And he's kind of bummed out about it. Um, but what can you do? Um, (laughs) then the next thing that happens is Carla starts, stops showing up for work. It's been a couple days. They have a huge snowstorm. So they attribute Carla and several other employees not coming to work because the snow is so bad. Chaz on his way home from work one night is like, I just, I feel like Carla would still come to work. I feel like she'd find a way. I know where she lives. I'm just going to go check on her real quick. He goes to her house. He knocks on the door. He sees the lights are on, but no one is answering. He gets a little bit worried. So he goes around to look in all her windows and he finally sees her lying on her bedroom. Sorry, lying in on her bed in her bedroom um next to a uh like a pill bottle that has been knocked over so you can see the pills and then a bottle of vodka and she is unconscious and unresponsive when he is banging on the window so he breaks into her home uh you know make sure she's still alive and then calls an ambulance and she is rushed to the hospital um she she has to have like a uh, I don't that thing that what do they call it? Oh my god! Like pumping your stomach, <laughs> is that still it's the called pumping your stomach? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, they basically, pump? yeah, she has to go into uh, ICU. Uh, a in pump order and dump. To, a pump and dump. That's with breastfeeding. Oh dang it! <laughs> <laughs> That's when you get drunk, too drunk to feed your baby the breast milk, and you then can you have dump it after you the pump same it. name for two different things. You could, I suppose. <laughs> the technical name the medical yeah and i mean it's both just getting toxins out of your body Uh right yeah (laughs) um so (laughs) they and and he chaz waits at the hospital to like until carla gets better uh but he's like really upset now because he's known two people that had to go to the emergency room right mike and and now carla he's kind of freaking out in the hospital he goes to the staff bathroom and here's the other thing he realizes as he goes into the staff bathroom he's going through withdrawal symptoms because he hasn't had his nightly cans of cheap beer so he goes and he chugs some some mouthwash that he just finds in the staff bathroom weird but okay uh, and yeah that seems to work for him and then who i meant more weird that in? they're keeping mouthwash in their bathroom yeah, I don't know, maybe. like maybe yeah. i like because sometimes you have to stay i guess if they have to do like a 24-hour yeah. shift or but something but i feel like but... if i was working in a hospital and had to do uh-huh. 24-hour shift i would keep my mouthwash in my in your own bag, bag right? so yeah. other people don't drink it because they're having alcohol withdrawals but that might just be me i don't know yeah yeah i don't is this communal mouthwash because i'm grossed out by that yeah that's I would hope they would at least. Well, I've been to uh, fancy. Fa- oh, this is about to be embarrassing. I've been to fancy restaurants where they have like a pump mouthwash, um, what? and I like it's like a soap pump, and I did fully use it on my hands because I thought it was soap, and it was not. Hilarious. It was mouthwash. 
Um, so, I mean, I guess, but just doesn't seem likely. Yeah, it, it's, it was weird, but you know what? Who doesn't? Who doesn't just chug a stranger's mouthwash when they really need to be drunk? I don't know. I've never, I've never been in this situation myself. But it's fine because you know who shows up. You know who shows up at uh, Chaz's low moment here. Sarah, I wanna buy these shoes. Keep going, keep going. I'm doing. It's our boy. It's our boy, pediatrician extraordinaire, most holy of holy boys, Christmas Nathan of shoes sir there's not much time (laughs) he has he's in this book for like one page and he's like hey man seems like you're having a hard time sir but you know what i bet god could fix it through your problems also my mom died and i understand that's real hard for you um it's not christmas eve and you're getting drunk in the bathroom I'm sorry. And then Nathan leaves. <laughs> and then he's gone and that's it. That is the loose tie to the Christmas shoes song for this book. Great, wonderful. Glad we checked that off. You know, it's nice. It's nice to check in it's with nice our boy to Nathan. See our favorite characters our- <laughs> pop up in the backgrounds of new works. I love it. Love these little Easter eggs for long-time shoe-vians, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm part of the super shoe lock phantom. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it really, um, I'm pretty sure that in, in 2025, there's going to be uh, a Christmas shoes a- a- or ARG, and uh, it's going to be Why? like... Who was asking for Christmas shoes in 2025? Because that was a thing with, with Sherlock, because everybody thought there was going to be a Sherlock ARG, and that was going to oh, be the... Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Sorry the joke didn't joke. land. Damn, I'm sure it did for someone. <laughs> well, Sorry. it almost certainly didn't, because I messed up the, the delivery, because I almost said AARP, which is a different thing. <laughs> so it was just a mess all the way around, honestly. Oh, my God. I keep getting mail from AARP and they want me to join real bad. And I'm like, you know, I I heard the whole thing. You don't have to be an old person to be with AARP. But also, like, I don't. Why me? Michael doesn't get the mail. It's just me. What did I do? The AARP was like, we need to reach out to her. She's on the verge of breaking down and getting a membership. I don't think I've ever gotten mail from AARP. But I have gotten a lot of mail from various, uh, like, queer uh charities which i've donated to some in the past but some i have not and i'm like how'd y'all get this number how'd y'all know how'd y'all how'd y'all just know like a, just a, a vibe? directory of like <laughs> yeah let me consult the book of the gays oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, um it's the giving season guys <laughs> donate to your local gay charities or aarp i guess I don't know, ma'am. Or buy somebody some shoes. Buy somebody some shoes. A little boy at the department store. Yeah. So Carla wakes up and she kind of tells Chaz the whole business. And uh, Chaz is like, wow, this is a really rough situation. Does Donovan even know any of this? Um, So after visiting time is up or whatever, he goes to track down Donovan, who is at uh, who he knows as Miss Glory's house. Um, Because that's what the town calls her. They call her Miss Glory, not Gloria Bailey. 
And uh, he had gotten the address one time off of Donovan, like who Donovan was there. And he was like, my mommy said I should memorize Miss Glory's address in case I ever run into any trouble. I can go to her and her address is this. So Chaz remembered that. Donovan out here doxing this woman. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Chaz goes in the the middle of of the night in this deep, deep snow, and he's not wearing a coat, and he's running down the street that Miss Glory lives on, and he finds the right house, and he goes and he knocks on the door, and Miriam answers, and she's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, Miss Glory. He thinks this is Miss Glory because she's answered the door and because he's run into her earlier. They had a miscommunication where he thought she was Miss Glory, whatever, doesn't matter. He's like, Miss Glory, I need to speak with Donovan. His mother is in the hospital. I just need Donovan to know. And then there is a loud, piercing scream. There were so many shrieks in this there book. There so She Everyone was shrieking. I was like, she you need constantly. to use your inside voice, please. <laughs> But there is a scream, and uh, Gloria's like, Matthew, my son, you've come home to me. My boy, my sweet, sweet boy. Because guess what? Chaz is not Chaz, is not Chaz. you know? That's why he didn't want to have the fingerprints done, because his fingerprints and the social he gave, the fake social, were not going to match up. He didn't want anyone to know who he was because he's been so ashamed of returning home this whole time. But now he, through circumstance, has been brought to his mother's front door, they had no idea the two of them lived in Shuville. Um, total coincidence. But now that he's there, he kind of breaks good. down. <laughs> and uh, he decides to come home. Carlos forgotten for the moment. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think he tells Gloria about her, whatever. Yeah, but um, it's not important to the lives of these people. It's not. No, they they have their their reunion. There's lots of crying. Gloria's like in her internal monologue says I could see what my son had become and I was terrified for him which she means addicted to a substance and uh then she tells him to go to bed I don't I have I can't I have no recollection of all of what they do about the Carla and Donovan situation because Donovan is here at the house yeah I think Donovan just stays with them while Carla recovers and that's kind of there's not like a ton of yeah they're like well she'll move in with us at the end of this book whatever yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Um, Erin had her baby, and she's reunited with her mom. Gloria did another good deed. What else happens at the end of this book? It's like things like settle down. It's, yeah. it's weird. Like some time passes. They have a Christmas, and then some time passes. Matthew starts going to AA meetings. He befriends this man named Frank or something who lives across the street. Um, he has the, this Frank guy has a similar situation that Gloria did where they're kind of, they're waiting for their son to come home. He was in the military and then he went, uh, MIA as he was supposed to be coming home. So they leave their lights on for him. Their Christmas lights all year round. Um, so he's, yeah, that, that guy becomes his sponsor. They develop a really good friendship. And then like, and then for some reason, this book has to devote a whole chapter to (laughs) Chaz and Aaron, falling in love with each other on accident immediately. Um, Aaron being like, no one's going to want me once they find out that it's not just me, but there's two of us in this relationship. And uh, the older women, Miriam and Gloria being like, we can tell you're in love. You should just go for it. Blah, blah, blah. Um, And then they meet. I think they meet at Christmas dinner. Yes, they do. They, they bump, he bumps into her 
at the law office, which she like returns to work immediately after having that baby. And I'm like, absolutely like not even the weekend. Um, She's like, I got to go. I got to go next day. I can't miss out on this opportunity. Um, Which, you know, you'd think that if this wonderful lawyer was so Christmas spirit, he would give a brand new mother time off around the holidays, but whatever. Did he learn nothing from the first book? He learned that mothers are built to die. Yep. Yep. No. Uh, no, So she's working there and he bumps into her and like someone drops something and it's like classic meet cute. And then she shuffles away and he kind of talks to the lawyer about something or other. And then then they have the Christmas dinner and she's like, oh, my gosh, it's it's you. you. And then they're immediately in love. Whatever. We get an epilogue. Uh, in the epilogue, Miriam's house is rebuilt. They're still friends. Um, Chaz and Aaron, excuse me, Matthew and Aaron are engaged to be married. And the baby, like, Gloria is holding the baby, who they've named Gabriel, by the get way. It? Do you get it? Um, she's holding the baby, and she's, like, showing the baby Matthew and going, that's your daddy, that's your daddy. Like, in kind of in a way that made me a little uncomfortable because, like, I don't know. There was never a conversation on page between everyone of like, what will baby Gabriel call Matthew slash Chaz? We don't see that. So to me, it was just like kind of insidious, like call him daddy, call him daddy without, without like, you know, conferring with anybody that that was okay. But you know what you're going to do? Grandmas are going to grandma, LOL. (laughs) Which I mean, like it's an (sighs) epilogue. So maybe that conversation happened, but it does seem. Time has passed. It does seem a little bit like. Have you asked them? Creepy. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then they also. Because they're not even married yet either, which you would think that no, that would also yeah. be important in her like, well, you're not married, so you're not. They've you're known not each other for less yet. than a year. The baby is like eight months old. Yeah. Um, And then the, the community. Well, I think it's a full of... year because I think it's back at Christmas time again, isn't it? Am I oh, making I don't that know. up? I think they said the baby was eight months old, but I oh. could have been wrong. I might just be making that up because know. it seems like it should be Christmas to Christmas. It should be. Yeah. <laughs> Donna Van Leer, master of her craft. Um, <laughs> Donna, Donna Van Leer, Donovan. Do- <gasps> He's a self-insert. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> oh boy, so many questions. Um, Carla, Carla's able to move away uh, to a new apartment in the same town. That solves all her problems, and. Um, the community also gets together. They, uh, Gloria is able to buy like this old busted warehouse in order to store all of her things that used to make Miriam so mad. And the community that works with her kind of comes together to clean out the warehouse and they call it like, I don't know, Glory's, Gloria's goodies or something. Glory's I don't remember hole. what they call it. Yeah. Glory's hole. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, the book ends with everyone being like, yay God. <laughs> This should have been a lesbian romance between, between Miriam, and, Miriam Gloria. and Gloria. <laughs> it just it just makes sense, you know? It just makes sense. Yep. So here's my question for you. Mm-hmm. How much time do you think has passed? So we know the first book took place when Nathan was a child. Yes. But then it's also like Nathan kind of looking back on his childhood. The second book was Nathan going through his residency. Mm-hmm. becoming a full-fledged doctor mm-hmm. third book question marks fourth book question mark. how, how much time has passed since nathan became a doctor i guess since the second book um 
I mean, I don't think there is anything that would prevent it from being like a year later for the third one and a year later for the fourth one. Yeah, like is that what we're supposed to... I also would posit it can't be that long because the lawyer was like a full adult when Nathan was a child. Yeah. So like good. that was going to be my follow-up lawyer. question is yeah. are we going to start having funerals in this series? Oof. I mean, we've had some kind of already, but yeah. Well, let's see. The lawyer was a full adult lawyer and his mother was of a dying age. So, because she died in that first mm-hmm. book, right? His mother was of a dying age. Of a dying age. Yes. Is, that's right. But as right? we know that, from the series, death can happen at any moment. Yeah. So you really have to love your family and God for that not to happen. And he, well, he he also had small, did he have children? He had small children, right? When he was, he had like uh, the the lawyer. Oh, he. I don't think they were like small, small. I want to say like 10-ish. Okay. Yeah. So following the conventions of this universe, he probably got married at 35. So to an 18-year-old wife. (laughs) Well, his wife was 18. Mm -hmm. So he's he's probably 45 at the start of the series. And then it's got to be like, because Nathan was five and he's got to be like 25-ish by book two. I'm so sorry. This is going to throw your whole theory off. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, Walt was 34 when she was 18. I just saw the quote in the book. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm going to keep going with the math. All the okay. Math. You have Minus to one all. from all <laughs> the things I've said about him. Um, so there's like a 20 year difference between book one and two, right? Like about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's mm, he's like 65 ish. Yeah, he's got to be close to retiring. Yeah. I don't know that. I guess he could theoretically have gotten married young for a man, which is old for a woman at like Mm -hmm. 25 or something, but that would still put him at 55. So I don't know. Then a couple of years after that, because that was book two and it's been a few, it's has, this has to have been at least, it has to be no more than one book per Christmas, right? Because otherwise we would have problems with the the Nathan time (laughs) timeline here. Um, so he's got to be at least like 57, 58, I would say. And possibly up to like 68. Mm -hmm. Well, so, uh, you know, he'll probably kick it in like the next next few books books. here. He's probably going to get cancer and die. Yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. Nathan, he'll somehow, he'll somehow be assigned to the pediatric ward so Nathan can, you know, help him through. He gets cancer. His grandkid is like, my grandfather needs shoes. We come full circle. Oh my god! The grandkid Nathan, Nathan is the man who puts lays the money he lays down. Lays the money down. <laughs> oh, oh man! All right, that's god. it for Christmas shoes this year, gang. That's it. We did it. We got through it. We um, did it. Let's talk about what's coming coming up next. Uh, so next week we're going dark. We're taking a week off. Uh, for mm-hmm. Holidays are spiritual hard. reasons. Uh, spiritual <laughs> being. <laughs> it's hard to find a recording time uh, at the holidays when yeah. the set recording day gets uh, interfered with, but it's fine. But you know what, gang? It's okay because we'll be back uh, the January the 9th. We're starting the year off strong. We're starting the year off strong with the third, nope, the fifth Warrior Cats. Wow, that's a big difference. (laughs) It says 3.5 is how I write it on our calendar. So I was like, three. Um, 
book five of the Warriors Power of Three uh, series, which is called Long Shadows. Uh, And then the week after that, Anna is going to be bringing us a new unit. Anna, what will we be doing? So I think so for this unit, um, I wanted to do a I wanted to do something that I personally read a lot of got super burnt out because it was the trend, right? It was the trend to do these types of books like 10 ish years ago when Hunger Games was really popular. Divergent was really popular. Um, And I am talking, of course, about dystopian novels. Um, And I want to bring a YA dystopian novel to the table with maybe hopes of then going on to find maybe a more mature version of a dystopian novel that I can jive with. Mm. Um, Or just like a really good, more modern example of a dystopian novel. Like, is this genre swinging back around? IDK. It was so oversaturated um, back in the day. But you know what? I want to read... What do you uh, want to read? I would like to read the selection by... Oh, my God. Why are you making me read that again? <laughs> this is... I think this is the first time we've done a... Are, have you read it before? Yes. Okay. So this is I the first read time... the selection by Kira Cass. This is the first time that we've both read this book in the past, I think. Don't this hold is, me to that. This will be good then. But I think this is the first time we're both revisiting this. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It is dystopian, right? Yeah. Uh, society yeah, yeah, yeah. divided into castes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I feel yeah. like the first book is a little less dystopian than like the later, like the two, three, but it definitely mm-hmm. is still a dystopia. Okay. Okay. Um, and this will be interesting for the classic uh, book two, too, because I bet we can. It's We've been having trouble pulling like real classics for some of the uh-huh. recent genres. But definitely, I feel like there's some uh, old-timey sci-fi we can hit with this one. <laughs> uh, so great. Yeah, That'll be in yeah. a It's something weeks. real, like, cheesy and good. Like, uh, yeah. back to the, uh, shoot, what was that book we read? That back was to the, the Future, you're book. right. It was Back Which to the one? Future. <laughs> the, the second book that we ever read for the podcast with that bossy, oh, like, the cow. Milky, or whatever. No, it's name. called Posse. It was named- oh, <laughs> I thought you were saying Bossy, because that was like an old name for cows or something. What was that book uh, called? What was like, that? The... that was our second episode. You guys yeah. can go back and Oh, my God. It. it was so long ago. I have yeah. no memory. We were a different – we went by a different name at that time. We've changed our identity. <laughs> now I have to look it up. Though. I don't even know who he, we were back then. I'm not going to go back to, to re-listen to the episode. I don't want to know. something. Mm. Bossy. And it was like kind of a longer title. They'd rather be right. Was that what it was? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A weird, weird title. Weird title. Um, weird cow. But yeah, maybe that's like the kind of sci-fi we can find for this. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, looking forward to it. In the meantime, if you have any books or units you'd like for us to cover on the podcast, you can tweet at us at shuffleawarecast or email us shuffleawarecast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out our YouTube, no, his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should. How else are you going to, how else are you going to go buy back and. Buy these shoes. <laughs> yeah. How else are you going to buy these <laughs> shoes? Uh, for your mama. Please. please. If you think your mom would like the podcast, by all means. If you think <laughs> my mom would her. like the podcast, you're wrong. <laughs> we don't share this podcast with our own mothers. 
months would be weird. Um, but if you use Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review. But if you don't, that's all right, because you are allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you like. In the words of Donna Van Lier. Oh, God, what's it going to be? The heavens shudder and galaxies long held fast by gravity retreat (laughs) as if cowering in fright. Stars shake loose from their orbits and tumble to earth as Satan screeches before heaven's throne. With access permitted by the Most High, the ancient serpent has once again flown through the air relinquished by the first Adam thousands of years earlier and stands before God. Condemning oh those god. sealed by the Lamb's blood. Manifesto? Oh my god! <laughs> this is the opening to her other series. Wow, coming on strong. To one of the coming books on in strong. that. Just got your last few coughs on the re- recording there. And I, you know, there are a lot of other explanations. So I'm not saying don't. Don't never listen to us again, religious people. Uh, as long as you're the cool kind. Okay, I'm cutting all that. Um, uh, are you chill? Are you cool? are you chill? Are you chill?